Okay. All right. First up, just a reminder, we're open. We're shipping fast. We need your orders. We want to keep doing this. Um, and we've got freebies. Yeah, Free and we have freebies. Sweet. So don't forget that. Yeah. Okay, first up. All right, first up, we've got, this is going to be, a, a, I think, a very popular one for the people who need this kind of thing. You have an I2C connection, and, you know, you have maybe like one foot of cable, but what if you want an I2C connection that goes 100 feet? What do you do? I2C normally isn't designed to handle cables that are 100 feet long unless you have one of these LTC4311 active terminators. This thing is really cool. So this is what your I2C normally looks like, right? You've got... The pull, you know, there's an active pull down, so that's the straight line of the sawtooth. But then when uh, a device wants to release the bus, because remember it's a shared bus system, um, the weak pull up is what brings the signal high. And if you have a very long connection, that capacitance coupled with the resistance of the pull up creates that RC constant, which is what you see in the sawtooth wave. There's also some resistance of the cables as well. So you can like mess around with the resistance, you know, make the resistor smaller so that will reduce your time constant and make your sawtooth wave a little bit less sawtoothy. But at some point you're just fighting the capacity of the cable and you can't make the resistor any smaller. That's where the active terminator comes in. Plug it in and this chip will automatically detect that the SDA and SCL pins are starting to come up and kind of see it like curve at the beginning of the sawtooth. This chip will kick in and dump a ton of current in and pull that line up solidly all the way so you get a nice square wave. So um, if you look at um, this demo here, what we've got is a trinket connected to an OLED display and then the active terminator below it. And then on the right, we have uh, the i 2 c pins connected through an Ethernet cable that's 100 feet long to a BME 680. And when we, you know, it, as long as you just set the I2C frequency to about 100 kilohertz, which is kind of standard on Arduino anyways, you're able to communicate with all three devices, even though there's this 100-foot cable. Um, so this is a perfect sensor, sorry, a perfect add-on to your I2C devices when you have long sensor distances. It's plug-and-play with Stemma. Um, just put it at the beginning of your chain. Uh, if you have questions about, like, the capacitance and how the current draw, whatever, uh, check the data sheet because it doesn't act as a I2C device, it just sits on the bus and um, and just helps it along. It's a little helper. Next up. Next up, uh, a respin of uh, one of our favorite old products, uh, product 390. One of the first ones we've made that's a really old product ID was our USB-DC solar charger. And it's done as very well for many years, but I wanted to upgrade it uh, first up because I wanted to put USB-C on it, but I also wanted to see if there's some other chips that had come out in the meantime that could improve uh, the capability of a universal charger. So what I did is uh, I found the BQ24074, put on a breakout board with 2.1 millimeter DC jack, USB type C, uh, two JST outputs. And this is a really nice universal charger. Um, so let me tell you what it can do. You can use any DC power from five volt to 10 volts. So that's higher than our previous breakout, which maxed out at six. So you can go up to 10 volts. Um, you can, uh, it also has input protection up to 28 volts. USB Type-C connector um, makes it easy to uh, you know, plug in uh, power from any wall adapter or computer. It'll use five volts off of that. Uh, if you want the D plus and D minus pins, those are available also, so you can kind of like chain this into a dev board. 
Um, the output, there is a charge port. The charge port can charge up to 1.5 amps, which is pretty high. Very handy when you've got one of those uh, 2,000 or 3,000 or even 6,000 milliamp hour batteries. You want to charge a little faster. This will do 1.5 amp charge rate. You can also set it to 1 amp or 0.5 amp, or if you want, just cut the you know jumpers all together and put in your uh, custom resistor. The output is load shared. So if you... Um, you plug in the battery into the charge port, the output port will uh, always have no more than 4.4 volts on it. And it will automatically use the USB or DC power if that's available and only supplement it with battery power um, if you end up drawing more current than that's available from DC and USB. So basically, it tries to not drain your battery. If you have a USB or DC plugged in, your load will never be higher than 4.4 volts, so it's good for 3.3 uh, volt, uh, linear regulators. It's also good for um, up to five volt boost converters. It's a nice, it's a nice voltage, um, and uh, you'll have automatic load sharing up to 1.5 amps. Uh, it's got an optional thermistor input if you want to use a thermistor. There's a power good LED. There's a charge LED. Best of all, it works with solar uh, without needing any extra capacitors or anything. It's got a built-in capability to automatically reduce the amount of charge current. Uh, so that the voltage doesn't collapse. It's like an input uh, dynamic power path thing that's built into this charger chip. So if you use a solar panel, I just plugged one in, it'll automatically draw as much current as it can, basically kind of like a max power point type thing, um, before the voltage dips below 4.5 volts. So you get the most current output. It's nice and stable, doesn't oscillate. So this is a great universal charger. Even though it works with solar, you, can, you don't have to use it with solar. DC power, 9 volt, 5 volt, USB-C, all works with it. So it's like an all-in-one, everything you ever wanted to charger. Next up. Next up, Matrix Portal. We've been doing a lot of Matrix projects, and uh, I wanted to make it easier to build some of these internet-connected projects. Um, they, uh, historically, we've used a Metro M4 Airlift and an RGB Matrix Shield. So this breakout... Uh, plugs into the back of a matrix and does it all. So let me grab one and I'll, I'll show it off. Um, overhead. Okay, so what we've got here is a SAMD51 Cortex M4, so it can run up to 200 megahertz. Type C, everyone's like, when are you gonna do USB Type C? Okay, now, now, everything is with USB Type C, okay? Leave me alone. Uh, ESP32 as a Wi-Fi coprocessor. So that lets the um, SAMD51 do all the LED matrix driving and a CircuitPython or Arduino code. And all the Wi-Fi and SSL stuff is ha handled by this chip. Level shifting, onboard SPI flash, breakouts for you know analog pins, UART, SPI, all that good stuff. Stem QT connector, so you can use any of our 50 plus boards on it. Two uh, user buttons, side uh, buttons, and then one reset button that's kind of recessed. JST port, and then these two little uh, SMD um, uh, hex nuts, basically. They're soldered onto the PCB, allow for power. So the power comes in from the USB-C, or you can you know, uh, apply power here if you want, or, or through the, uh, the connector. And it's it, like no soldering required. You basically, this comes already attached, this header, this header plugs into any um, Hub 75 uh, RGB matrix, which is like kind of like every RGB matrix. Every one that we sell is Hub 75. 
You can use it with um, 16 by 32 up to 64 by 64. So it's got uh, the extra address E-pin. So if you want to use it with um, uh, 64 by 64 matrices, it'll work. And uh, here's a demo that's just going online and getting the price of Bitcoin. Congratulations, it's about $11,000. So this is running CircuitPython. So it's very easy to uh, make RGB matrix projects. You can chain the matrix. Uh, in this case, there's only um, one right now attached, but you can, you can make a long string of RGB matrices as long as you don't run out of memory. And the SAMD51 has 192K, so you're, you're good for quite a bit. Um, and we have a really great new library, uh, the, um, uh, sorry, let me just focus the lock. The uh, Proto Matter library, which uh, runs on uh, this SMD51 and is optimized for driving these displays. So you get like these beautiful, colorful displays. Almost no work required. And now you don't even have to solder. Don't have to worry about the wiring because the wiring is the hardest part of using these LED matrices. People always, you know, it's hard to mirror it and you get it wrong and it has to be a certain pin and the clock has to be on the same port. So I'll take care of just plug and play to make internet connected uh, LED devices. All right, next up. Next up, uh, this is a um, 1.25 millimeter pitch connector pair for inline connections. Uh, people who are doing wearable projects or you know lightweight projects or the stuff that goes into drones, they want very small, thin connectors. These are Molex PicoBlade compatible. Um, you get one socket, one plug, I think like 10 or 20 centimeter long uh, polarized connectors. Um, you can use them power or kind of anything you want. And uh, we'll get some more uh, pin quantity ones, but we're starting with two pin. Okay, next up. Ooh, this is um, something you like. You, you, you like these security cables. Yeah. So this is a cable that's a USB-A to USB-C, so it's good for like, you know, charging or using with your phone or whatever, your USB-C, or your matrix portal, which is now USB-C. Um, but in the middle, there's a switch, and it can change it from being a data connector, like a sync cable, to a charge cable. So if you want to charge your device from an unknown charging source, and you want to make sure that there's in no way accessing the data on your phone, which is something you have to worry and think about these days, that you don't have enough to worry about. Um, this cable has a little switch in the middle. You flick yeah. it, and uh, it goes from data, where the D plus and D minus pins are connected, or charger where they're disconnected. That's it. We already have versions of this for like USB to micro B. Now we have USB type C. What's up? We have another soldering iron. I always like these uh, pen type irons that have built in um, temperature setting. So this one is from Atten. Uh, they make uh, really nice soldering irons and it's got a little LCD with buttons on it. So you can uh, set the temperature right on it. It's a pen style, so it plugs right in. You see it's nice, easy to use display and it's like 60 watts, which is impressive. Usually you don't get um, pen type irons with so much current. It, it's a little bit big, but uh, for a pen type because it has to be so powerful. Just plug it into your you know, 120 volt power and uh, you're good to go. I think it's a great toolbox iron. Um, our beginner iron. It's inexpensive, and uh, I like that you can adjust it from lead-free to lead solder, and it works with any HACO compatible tips. Next up. Next up, uh, never stop stemming. That's what you tell me every morning, and I have not stopped since. So this is another stemmification. 
The TSL2591 is a, a long-standing Lux light sensor that we've had in the shop for quite a while. Uh, this is product number 1980, a good year for breakouts. Um, now available in STEM IQT format. Plug and play, it's the same price. You get the same sensor, same schematic, um, still 5-volt or 3-volt usable. Uh, I2C um, is level shifted as well. And uh, it's plug and play, so you can use it with anything that has a STEM or STEM IQT or quick connector. Uh, we also have adapters, so you can use these with Grove devices as well. Okay, and the star of the show tonight, besides you, Lady Ada, team, community, the customers, is we have, I'd say, like the early release, the first round of yes, the Greencraft hat. We do. I just put some in stock, so, uh, and I haven't notified many of the back orders, so if you, if you want to pick one up, now's a good time before we notify people. We finally yeah. have the Braincraft hat. Uh, this was, you know, almost a year in the making. Uh, things got a little bit complicated in New York for a few months. got delayed. Uh, so it's supposed to come out in, uh, in March and didn't. Um, but it's out yeah. now. So the Braincraft hat is our idea of how you want to make machine learning projects for boards like the Raspberry Pi. I went through and actually made a bunch of projects. and oh. Spotlight. Yeah, hold on. Uh, We'll, uh, I'll show this off in a moment. Paintbrush, lighter. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll point it at itself. So we wanted to make something that makes it easy to do machine learning projects. So I actually went and built a bunch of projects using TensorFlow, using Google Assistant, using Alexa. And it's like, okay, well, what did I learn from all these? What is, what is the things that would have been really handy while building these projects? So for example, uh, TensorFlow Lite runs on a Raspberry Pi 4. So there's a Pi 4 underneath here. And uh, there's not a lot of, this room is a little busy. So instead I got this iPad with a picture of a tiger and you can see it's like, hey, I see a tiger. It doesn't know that it's a photo of a tiger. It thinks it's a, it's a real tiger. That's cool. And if you're worried about tigers, a photo of a tiger, that, that works. Yeah, that's fine. It's neat. It says windshield and then before it, you glanced over at the mouse, it said mouse. Mouse, mice it actually usually does recognize. Yeah, there you go, mouse. Yeah. Um, Tiger, mouse. Tiger, tiger and mouse. So uh, two great things that go great together, except for the mouse. Um, so what, uh, I'll just point this up at the ceiling. Um, so to do vision projects, one of the things I noticed is that it was really annoying to do them without having a visual rep uh, representation of what's going on. So um, in order for people to make uh, easy projects, I decided, okay, let's put a little TFT display. So the display shows, you know, exactly what's on um, the camera, what the camera is seeing. Hopefully I'll say like human or something. No, I'm not human. Um, this thing does look like a window shade. Window shade. Um, so it's got a dis display, 240 by 240 uh, display for showing what is on the camera. Uh, it can also show you the frames per second. I've got the fan off, so it's, uh, that's why it's telling me the power is dipping a little bit. Yeah, um, let's see if it knows this camera, this uh, thing of... Hairspray. Hairspray. Serene. Lotion. Lotion. Okay, lotion. Not bad. So that's, you know, everyone's favorite hand sanitizer. And it recognizes iPod. It. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I can see why it's pretty in. close. Um, so having the display is really helpful so you can do vision projects. Um, there's a slot here for a camera so you can use the Raspberry Pi camera with it. Tape things a bit nicer. Um, there's three dot star LEDs. There's a uh, three-way joystick. 
and there's a button so you can use that for audio projects we'll show that um, there's two JST connectors so you can connect servos or relays or NeoPixels that's something that um, actually the folks at uh, Google TensorFlow said would be awesome like they they're like oh, I want to have a way for you to do machine learning and then it controls a relay or a servo or a motor or some way so we made it so it's plug-and-play you can plug in here or plug in here to connect another device. Um, there's two speaker ports, and I can even try connecting the speaker. And uh, let's see. Yeah, here's the cool thing. One of the things that we wanted to do is um, tiger. It talks. It talks. So it just said tiger. I have to look at something else for a little bit, yeah. and then it's like. Tiger. <laughs> Demo died. Yeah. I think because it's actually not connected to a good power source. All right. See, that's this is this is the risky thing about demos. Um, but when it's connected to a good power supply, it uh, it works fine. Uh, there's also um, a headphone output and two microphones, so you can do um, audio recognition projects. And yeah. most importantly, there's an on-off switch for the audio. So. Um, if you want to ever make it so it's definitely not listening, this will manually disconnect the power from the audio circuitry, so it's definitely not listening to you, which is something that you've always said was an important part of machine learning and audio recognition projects. Yeah, well, uh, you know, here's the thing. Just let's imagine a world where um, Google and Amazon Alexa and other permanent microphone devices in our homes had an had a switch a physical switch that you knew when you switched it off it wasn't listening yeah um it would the the amount of like pr damage that's done every day and every year for these types of devices and how you know oh yeah by the way an employee's been listening all the time all these things that come up over and over i think you know the the adoption of these things would would happen faster and it would be like hey we're thinking about the user so when we do these types of devices yeah we're going to have an off switch. Audio so, on, audio off. You yeah. know, it's mechanical. It's not like a mystery. It's, it's like, not a screen thing. It's a physical switch. No, it's a it's, physical switch. What, what, physical, is a, what is a physical switch cost? This is like 15 cents. Okay. I think it's worth it. It's worth it. I think it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. And then um, on the back, one of the things that we want, spent a little bit of time going is, is uh, well, you know, I didn't turn it on because, again, the power supply I have here wasn't, wasn't uh, as good enough. But... Um, one thing that we notice is when you're doing, uh, especially video recognition projects, the Raspberry Pi can start to overheat. So we added a fan that attaches onto it, and then um, when you plug it in, it turns on the fan, and it will uh, cool down the Raspberry Pi so you can run your projects longer. We definitely noticed yeah. when we were running it for 15 minutes, it wasn't a big deal, but when you're running it for an hour, the Pi slowly, slowly heats up. So there's a fan that comes with it as well. So this is uh, early release. Um, we got a few in the shop. It definitely works. I'm writing up the guide. It'll be live uh, probably tomorrow or early Friday morning um, on how to get everything going. And it works with our existing TensorFlow Lite project guide that we published. And um, we also published a guide on how to use um, Teachable Machine from Google to create a TensorFlow Lite file that you can then run on the Raspberry Pi to recognize custom objects. So... Yeah, I think it's kind of cool. I think this will make it easier for people to start exploring TensorFlow Lite and other yeah. machine learning projects. Like I saw today, there was a, a project somebody did with a Pi that recognized um, license plates. And I think when, when you have a standalone computer that can do some of these projects, 
they might take off. Yeah, and um, here I I feel terrible because this would I do because normally for a product like this I would be doing a big launch and everything, but like this it's been terrible. It's been a year. I mean, like, yeah. I would have, like, a bunch of things going on with this launch, and so we're just going to launch it. We're just going to launch it, because you know what? I, I was going to wait, but then I was like, you know what? Let's just Yeah, there was a, you know, there was a couple friends of the company that I wanted to get them one, but it's just like, we just literally got finished making these today. So, anyways, I feel like I failed. Uh, you didn't but, fail. But, no, I did. We're going to do but more. But you didn't. No, the, the thing is, like, we'd, I'd rather, instead of, like, trying to be perfect let's yeah. just get it out there here's the thing we're gonna as do guides the, the, and projects and yeah. we'll do videos like i'm gonna i have to go back and redo all these projects that we built we're gonna yeah. do videos and, and we'll show it off one, week. one thing i'll say is like, learning monday yeah the <laughs> you know i just like i couldn't get to the the marketing and, and all the things i want to do with it but the reason why i'm bummed is because this actually works it's one of the few things like the demo where you hold up like you know pictures of a panda and it says panda like, that's the five-minute demo or the five-second demo that you really want to show, especially a young person. Yeah. Like, machine learning just isn't, like, find find the leader of the group and kill and shoot them. Like, machine learning is it can be so, many, so much more. Yeah. So, like, some of the recognition things on um, different animals, that's really fun, especially for kids. Yeah, and with Teachable Machine, the real secret was Teachable Machine that, you know, we, we got that working, like, you know, I think in January or February, because um, I remember one of the projects we did was like, oh, wearing a mask or not. Um, and what's what's neat about it is that you can train it. It's, it's the magic missing piece, which was how do you train TensorFlow to recognize objects that are not in the corpus? So like it recognizes a tiger and recognizes lotion, but it doesn't recognize you versus yeah. me. Like how do you have it recognize two different people? You have to train it. And that training is really hard, but with Teachable Machine... Um, and we have a guide on it, and we'll we'll port the guide over the BrainCraft hat, and I'll train it to know you versus me, and it'll detect who, you know yeah. who who's looking at it. I don't recognize me in most days. Okay. Um, well, then I'll help you. It'll yeah, say maybe you're, it'll help me. <laughs> you're, that's okay. you, Phil. All right, and with that is our. Bye.